What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here, Sapoon, tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir? I'm good. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of vacation this week, uh, as Arsenal did in the first 30 minutes this past weekend. But, um, you know, it, it's been uh, nice so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, but, yeah, things are good. Yeah, well, uh, I lied when I said I'm with Braden because I'm also with somebody who I admire a lot in terms of his personality, in terms of his soccer skills, in terms of football skills, I should say, given it's the Football Academy. But uh, the player who played for a very, very top uh, academy in New York played at Plattsburgh State as a freshman till senior year, breaking records in front of me most of the times. Um, scored the most goals, uh, scored the most points in, uh, or top five points in Suniac history. And after which he went on to work with the premier league champion in uh, Christian Fuchs and worked as an operations manager, coach youth program, coached youth programs. And along with that also played semi pro in the UPSL and also won the league his first year. So welcome Alexis or How you doing, sir? Thank you. Thank you. Great. Great. Thank you for uh, having me on the the podcast how's everybody doing doing very good sir and thank you for coming on and thank you for you know just joining us giving us your time and uh yeah so like this is good for all our listeners welcome and thank you for joining us and any new listeners who are probably here to like listen about alexis and his amazing life welcome as well so hope to you guys subscribe and keep listening to the podcast having said that you are the first person who has played very extensively that has come onto this podcast and especially in a country that where the sport is really growing the sport you know has taken from what it was 20 years ago to what it is now i feel like it's very different so like how do you see especially as somebody who played through the young ages and then now you know you coached the young groups as well so how do you see the progress what do you feel is different and so on yeah so uh definitely think that just the overall training aspect from an early age um, here in the States is is going very well. And they're starting them uh, very young to, to learning all the right things the proper way. And, and that kind of just really makes, um, you know, them grow quicker because they're getting those details that before I feel like players weren't getting um, unless you were at a top academy receiving that that information from top coaches, but, um, but it's growing. So I think from like a training perspective, I think from like the competitive perspective, like everyone's just wanting to get better. So you're going to see kids training, uh, not just within their team, but with trainers and, and really just putting in the extra work, but it's, it's amazing to see. Well, that is good to hear. And Braden as a huge, uh, us men's national team uh, person, how would you like to, you know, ask him about, I guess, different philosophies that you have encountered because I really didn't know U.S. soccer existed until David Beckham decided to be like, oh, there's a league there that I'm going to go to. <laughs> That's slanderous. Um, but yeah, so I'm very interested in your take on... Uh, there's been a lot of talk, I feel like, uh, recently it's kind of kicked up, but it's probably been the last 10 years of kind of the model that U.S. soccer has with like pay-to-play versus kind of the more club academy system and that sort of thing. And I've kind of taken a different view of all around the world, it's pay-to-play. It's just the clubs are doing the paying for it, right? Like coaches can't 
coach for free. Like they have to, they have to live and eat too. And so I'm curious as to like what you kind of see is what U S soccer has kind of done the past versus if you see them doing something different here now, um, kind of what's your take on some of those things are and kind of how growth looks like in America in the next 10 years, 10 years. So I would say first you see more kids inclined to, like I was saying before, and like that competitive aspect gravitating toward, you know, top academies and so forth. So before I think, uh, those things weren't like accessible. Like we had, um, what is it? The, the DA we called it. So the developmental Academy league where they had, you know, really good teams, but all the MLS teams, um, like for instance, Red Bull was free if you were on the team, but every other team, you know, within, um, our league, you're, you're paying big bucks. So it's, it's tough. Um, especially like getting that top training where it's, it's, you know, it's very expensive for your kid to go to, um, you know, LA galaxy or what is it? They have, uh, in, um, like in Arizona, they have like a school out there that, that does specific training. I know, uh, IMG Academy, like if you want to go out there, they have, I mean, not just with soccer, but with just every sport. Um, but just as a whole, I think the growth is in the U S is getting a lot better. Um, and, and it's quickly growing because, um, I mean, you've seen, I guess, the the young players coming up within the national team and how big that, you know, all these young guys, Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams, he's from Wappingers, which is uh, probably like an hour from me. So, like, seeing players like that kind of just going to big leagues and seeing them, like, do well, it's one thing that, you know, they get into the league, but them making an impact like a a Christian Pulisic and – you know, it's it's good to see. So you can tell that just, you know, the training and, and the dynamic is slowly shifting. So one of the things that I am going to ask you is about the MLS. I have been lucky enough where I came down from Plattsburgh to here. So I went from like a soccer legend like you to like a soccer legend like Mega Amaron and Josef Martinez down here. Like, you know, and to be honest, I don't think it really tells me the way MLS works. Because like the there's seventy five thousand people like when the stadium's completely open, and such. So like, how do you think like the league can get better? Because you're seeing talent, right? Like we, even Canadian talent in terms of Alfonso Davies, like who went at a very young age, and uh, everyone from the Red Bull Academy are also going over and making a difference. So, do you think like it's it's a good thing for the league to have the talent taken away? Because like you know in America it's like hey we are the best at everything. So do you think the talent's going to start coming here very soon? I think it's good for those those players to grow, right? In an aspect of like seeing how far their potential uh, can can go and and for us to see that as a developmental like aspect looking from the outside in from a player's perspective, you know, like there's only a select few players that are really coming out of our system and really excelling and then us really getting them to go to Europe early for them to get that experience is, is obviously the best for them. But there are some players that would do just as well. I think sometimes they, they can kind of grasp a player and, and look at their potential and them not really fulfill their potential. And I just think that's because they just need more training and so forth. 
so it's it's really tough to make those decision, decisions as a coach, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, they should just continue going up the ranks fully. And then when you make it to the U20, the U23s, then you're getting, you know, kind of just brought up into the system because it's quicker at the end of the day when you're playing with those top guys. Everything is – it's quicker decisions in your mind, quicker movements and – but when you get that experience, that's I think that's the best thing for them. Yeah, that's uh, very, very fair. And I guess one, one of my last questions about U.S. football is going to be 2026. Football is coming home for y'all. So do you think you guys can keep it home and keep the World Cup in 26? Or do you think that's a bit too early to expect that? I I personally think that it'll be too early to expect it. But knowing that we're going to be going in with the team that we have is is we're going to do well. We're going to do really well. I can tell you that, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And this is, you know, we have top players. I mean, uh, Dest, I mean, scored two goals for Barca the other day. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, we just have a, a lot of good talent coming in. So a lot of potential. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I think that uh home field advantage for the U S is going to be really big. When I look at the Russian squad and how they did in 18, I got, I think the U.S. squad is going to be as talented or more talented than that squad. And, you know, you really think with, depending on the draw, depending on, you know, how people turn out to matches, I I think it could be something really interesting in 2026 for the U.S. And not just, like, it's a good run for the U.S., but, like, an actual good run. Yeah, I mean, so who's... Okay, I lied. Last, last question. Uh... Who's your favorite you, uh, young player coming through amongst the American kids right now? Um, wow, it's really tough. You can give us like two or three, man. You don't uh, have to like narrow it down. I'm a big Tyler Adams fan. Um, nice. And uh, I'm I'm a big, I'm going to say Sergio Dest fan. So, All right. Yeah, so two players I like to watch. All right. No uh, Hershey man out there. That's a... I mean, to be honest, like as somebody who I kind of I, I've been here what eight years at this point. So like I saw 2013, 2014, like so on. So to see like all of these kids come through and like kids and, you know, the, all, even the younger generation having role models, I feel like will really help, you know, to bring even the better athletes. Because at the end of the day, like Alfonso Davis has shown like if you're an athlete, you can get the other aspects of the game when you start training at a very young age. So I think U.S. soccer, very, very bright. Hopefully India can get there in about 100 years. And uh, I'll be at the same stage where you guys are right now. But um, So you talked about Barcelona. Uh, you're a Barcelona, big Barcelona fan. So any particular reason how you became a Barca fan? I, I grew up watching Ronaldinho. So... From from back in the the good old days, and I mean they Barcelona was in town. I guess uh, I was I, I wasn't able to go, but a friend of mine went, and he would was watching them go for like a ten mile run around Central Park, and it's you know just seeing players like that up close and personal, it's it's amazing. But yeah, it it stems from the early days of Ronaldinho. Very nice, very nice. I mean, uh, Braden here is an Arsenal fan, so he's uh, seen quite a few spankings by Barcelona in his life, and I mean. Two finals for me as a Man United fan. Like, it used to be the gold standard. And I shouldn't say gold standard. Gold standard is always going to be Real Madrid, I feel like, in Europe. But, I mean, Barcelona, the last 15, 20 years, I've been... I shouldn't say 20, 15 years. I mean, since Ronaldinho, essentially, when he came. Uh, 
it's been something else. And all of a sudden, do you see like now a decline coming with like Messi getting older, you know, kind of a change of guard coming in uh, European football? Or do you think Barcelona, La Masala is going to just keep going? Yeah, so I, I mean, right now we have to, I, I could say that, I wouldn't say that we're, because we've had some tough matches, but I can, I can say that we're slowly on a decline for us to rise again, in the sense that uh, Messi has big decisions to make. I mean, he could possibly stay, um, but if, you know, is that really benefiting the team? Does he, you know, need to, you know, go forth, you know, maybe, I don't go to Man City, uh, go to, you know, PSG is another talk, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think, I think Messi does need a should go for another team and, and leave Barca for just the sake of Barca because they really don't need we need we need him but we don't need him in a sense out of respect for him. Yeah, that is very very fair. I mean, it's kind of like Ozo with Arsenal, right? You needed him, but yeah. what you didn't really need. <laughs> <laughs> It's more. It's more Robin uh, Van Persie I mean, with Arsenal, uh, than Mesut. But okay, <laughs> Van Persie. It's it's the little child inside of him. That that's that's what's gonna dictate Messi to and what he does. Because I mean, he. So so I have had this theory for a very long time that instead of paying big transfer amounts, you should just incentivize the agent to be like, I'm gonna give you a big agent fee. And you give a player a big signing bonus, where instead of giving like 50 million to the club, you give 40 million divided between the agent and the player as a big signing bonus, and then pay the wages. And like as a club, you're saving 10 million, right? Or it's probably going to be more than that, but at least 10 million, let's say. So, do you think like Messi can really start? Like you know how LeBron started it back in the day with NBA, where like he had the decision and so on. Messi is a little bit older, but like he'll be a free agent. Yeah. This summer, do you think if he makes a big show out of it, there could be other players like Paul Pogba? If he doesn't sign a deal, then year after he's a free agent. So, you think this could be like a shift in the dynamic for the players? Yeah, I think it, it'll shift some players' minds to see where they'd want to go next. Um, even though, even though they probably have thoughts already of you know what to do and where they might go with their agent, but. I mean, I think, yeah, I think his decision, Messi's decision, ultimately, can uh, affect other people's decisions with what to do. So uh, we we touched on Messi, we touched on uh, kind of Barca and how they've uh, really been kind of the the gold standard uh, for, <laughs> as Sapoon said, for Europe the past ten fifteen years or so. Uh, moving into that in Champions League, uh, what do, what do you think of? Uh, like the Champions League draw, and who do you think might be favorites uh, going uh, forward here? Ooh, I think um, I think Bayern is still, I mean, a massive powerhouse. Man City is doing extremely well. Um, so I mean, it's it's really hard to say, but I I think Bayern still has it, even though they've been. Some people think that they've been slacking, but they still have that. Uh, that fire underneath them that I think that they'll pull through. I mean, this uh, upcoming round in Bayern PSG could be like, it, it's kind of sad to see a game like that, which is a rematch of the final be this early. But at yeah. the same time, you know, like one of these teams has to prove that they belong there. Yeah. And I just think the, 
the experience, and I go off of experience of Bayern just being in the semis, contending. I mean, they've lost at Real like um, a couple times when Ronaldo was there, and um, just the experience that they've had, and then them, you know, winning and um, you know, it's it's just topping PSG a little bit to me. So that's why I'm choosing Bayern. Yeah, I I think that makes a lot of sense. I know that kind of when you look at the other side of the bracket, you've got like the uh, Chelsea gets Porto in the next round and then uh, the winner of Liverpool and Real Madrid. Um, Really, each of those teams, I think, have to look at the draw and be pretty happy with it to avoid PSG, uh, Bayern, and and the other teams that are in there until the final. Man City. Yeah, 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 Man City. Uh, So do you think that of those kind of other four teams, I'm assuming you're not going to pick Porto out of that, uh, but do you like one of those uh, as if they get to the final, it's kind of a anything can happen in one game type situation? Yeah, I I definitely think, ooh, like Man City, um, I don't watch City that much. I mean, this year I've been watching them a lot more, but they've – you know, they're, I think, a top contender. Um, and then I just think with just Champions League, every team, it's a whole different, like, a whole different league, obviously, compared to, um, you know, the Premier League and so forth. So you start to see, like, games. Sometimes you'll see, like, a repetition of games from, like, past semifinals and so forth that'll kind of reoccur. But then you'll see, like, you know, a comeback. I mean, I'm biased because, you know, I'm going to talk about Barca, but you see a comeback from Barca against PSG and then they win in the last minute. And then that game, you know, ends up being one of the most historic comebacks in Champions League history. But like you, you never know. So I, I, I would say Man City, um, it would, I would like to see an English Premier League team um, in the final. I mean, just just to see an English Premier League team in the final, other than Liverpool. Um, but other than that, we'll see. I think Sapu and I are both happy for that to not happen. I mean, yeah, like I, 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 I would realistically not mind if somehow Chelsea got there. But like, if it's uh, Liverpool or Man City, like especially Man City, like I, I obviously do not want to see them win Europe. But I. Uh, so, so let's talk about these teams just a little bit, right? Like, you, you mentioned PSG, Bayern. So, like, and to be honest, like, Dortmund's still in the competition. Yeah. And so, like, you've got the main robot in Robert Lewandowski leading Bayern. You've got the baby robot in Haaland taking charge of uh, Dortmund. And you've got uh, Kylian Mbappe. I mean, they, they are, I would say, the three best players remaining in the yeah. competition. So, like, how, how do you see this change of guard, like, because it's an end of an era to see Ronaldo and Messi not even make it to the quarterfinals. Because I think this is the first time since 2006 that at least one of them didn't make it. So it it is kind of surreal to see, like, how long we have been watching football, you know, just to take us back and uh, everything we witnessed with the two of them. And now, like, the expectations have been placed on at least the two younger ones that I mentioned, uh, not as much as Lewandowski. So... Do you think uh, these three could really make, or at least Haaland and Pape can really do something in the next decade? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, with the rate they're going is is ridiculous. And at the age that they're doing it at is, is kind of crazy. Um, but like you said before, and like uh, kind of like touched on before that, you know, it's Champions League and like, like 
really anything can happen just kind of like you know what I mean we're so used to these guys kind of being in the semis being at least in a final for Ronaldo um, and then then that pass and, and make it through the semis it's, it's kind of crazy but um, yeah I think Mbappe is is a ridiculous player he think he's I mean obviously with his speed um, but he's literally learning so much from Neymar by his side and he, he's almost have those he almost has that Brazilian swag to kind of help him with his French swag in a way. Um, and he's just, you know, we're just seeing, you know, this guy score a lot of goals. And then as, as Holland as well, he's just a powerhouse. So um, I'd like to see one of those guys make it to the final. But we'll, we'll see. This is a, a good test for them. So uh, I will say this personally. I don't quite know if, like, you guys would agree, but... Watching like Lewandowski score all these goals and um, you know Mbappe and uh, Haaland do that, it's kind of like Ro- Ronaldo was this lethal goal scorer that you thought like could never be you know nobody's gonna come close to him. But like Haaland at the pace he's going is kind of wild, and it also just makes me appreciate Messi more because like he Messi on the ball is something just it was kind of artistic, almost like Ronaldinho, where we, which was more party like fun. Messi was more of an artist just, like, doing his thing. But, like, I, I don't know if we will ever see a player like him again because at the end of the day, goal scorers come and go. But, you know, players like him really are once-in-a-generation kind of that talent. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty sad to see. I mean, especially, you know, like we said, you know, that these guys aren't, you know, in the, in the next round for the Champions League. But uh, you're seeing history kind of kind of taking place. But... Um, like you said too, that it it makes you appreciate watching these guys. You know, Ronaldo at Man U when he started, even before then at Sporting, and then Messi just you know kind of living his his whole life in Barcelona. So, but yeah, uh, I I totally agree. It's it's kind of kind of sad to see. And then <laughs> we're just waiting for for Messi's decision soon. So we'll see. I wonder if he's gonna make a documentary like Griezmann did. Like... <laughs> he should. But- <laughs> and Ronaldo, Ronaldo had one too. There's a little movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. I mean, yeah. a, a he's he always said right, like what you try one percent better than the previous day, and it's gonna accumulate to you becoming a whole lot better than where you started. And I feel like somebody like Holland, somebody like Mbappe, like that's what they take to heart. Because Mbappe said like his player that he wants to idolize and wants to be is Ronaldo. So I think th- those two have changed football the good but at the same time i'm also happy because now the powers can be a little bit more you know moved around because like those two were ridiculous like you had to be some extraordinary team of like you know some special talent in order to beat them and once you get past one you know that there's the other one also waiting so it's like at least now you'll have a little bit more uh, balance in my opinion but so you also saw pep guardiola at Barcelona, and th- I mean, th- those were kind of some of the best teams for a lot of people in how they played and such. So, you said you watch Man City. So, do you see similarities? Do you see the way he's changed? And uh, I mean, we have to talk about Kevin De Bruyne, right? When we're talking about Man City, because my man just does some special things on the pitch. Uh, yeah, I I see some similarities as far as like tactics. I mean, we can I can. 
because <sighs> it's it's different, obviously, with the players. But uh, as far as tactics, I'm trying to think of one specific. I can't think of one on the top of my head right now. I just remember it's funny that you asked this because I just remembered seeing a video of Pep talking about um, I think it was like his first year, second year that you know he they lost the game, but it wasn't even about the loss. And it was just the way they played and that from that point on that they changed their whole dynamic of doing stuff and that they really kind of just sat in the office and, and we're talking to all the coaches about how they, they were going to play because they just his main focus was just to play beautiful. And once you get those players to kind of buy into your system, you can literally change everything around and it's literally playing chess. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I see some similarities, but I mean, I think the way I think despite the, um, you know, them not winning uh, as much, they're still, I mean, they're, I mean, winning titles as much, you can tell obviously the, the difference um, with, you know, how they were before and how they are now. And yeah, I mean, they're going on their streak of winning and it's amazing. I mean, I, I was about to say like, Man City didn't win for like one year, bro. It's, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was say, I'd love to not win like Man City has not won. <laughs> but I mean, uh, so I got into football because of the Premier League after like the 2002 World Cup. I saw David Beckham and I was like, yeah, that guy looks good. I want to be like him. And that's how I became a Man United fan. So w- what's your take? Like, how do you remember Premier League over the years and uh, how it is right now? Because we all know commercially it's become so great but like outside of liverpool and chelsea this last 10 years and you can include united so like in 15 years there've been three premier league teams that have won the champions league so while commercially they've done well they haven't done as well in europe so how how do you view that um so i started watching like man u early um when obviously rooney was there and Giggsy and skulls we can't forget about um, and then, I mean, I think everyone was almost kind of a Man U fan where I was around, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, there was such a powerhouse back then. You can look at teams, obviously Chelsea was a, a big powerhouse when Drogba was there and, um, everything changes with obviously the growth of soccer and then players adapting. And then always, you know, we're talking about talent before. You're seeing the new era of talent coming in and then dominating, you know, how football is now. So, like, obviously with Ronaldo, top players like Drogba, top players. I mean, I love Tevez when Tevez was at uh, Man U. Um, And then, um, you know, you look at, I was watching Aguero's replay when he ended up scoring the game winner. Uh, and winning it for Man City. And I think, was that the last time Man City even won? The, no. The pro- no, that, that, I think right after that, United. That's the last time United won, right after that. United that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's nice to see, like, different teams. I mean, I worked for Fuchs. You know, you see, uh, we talk about Brandon Rodgers all the time. A lot of people... Um, really think he's underrated and i agree i mean i was able to actually kind of sit and and speak with him for a little bit christian got us on a zoom call with him 
and uh you know my coworkers were asking questions and we got to speak with the U19 coach at, uh U19 coaches at Leicester um we actually had the academy director from Leicester uh fly over and check out our facilities um in my town which was pretty cool um so yeah you just see extra steps that coaches are taking to develop their kids and and their system that the kids have to buy in every system every team uh man city menu all the you know all the you know, Leicester, they all have a different system that their players have to buy into and if you know you set that up and make it work you know things can happen i don't know how much you can tell us but i'd love to know more about your one your relationship with christian fuchs you know more premier league titles than gerard ever won and uh on the other side you have uh your conversation with Brendan Rodgers i mean i really admire rodgers like the way he got fired by liverpool you know because some club legends slip when they have a chance to win the premier league title and he went and redid his whole career out at celtic and yeah. came back and now he's back in leicester and like doing great like just knocked out man united yesterday on my birthday to be like yo fuck spoon so it like T- tell us more like cuz th- those are kind of insights like you know that you are in a very fortunate position that you uh get to know that after working hard for all of those years kind of gets you your fruits so i'd love to know more and have a understanding of how does yeah. how that works yeah well first off happy belated <laughs> and <laughs> sorry you, that had to happen but um yeah so uh, i was fortunate to go through like various different calls through uh learning you know how everything wanted to be done at you know our site where where I was working in that it's called the Hudson Sports Complex um but um we call our soccer academy the the Foxes so we kind of mirror it after Leicester so we call it FSA Fox Soccer Academy and that's right in Warwick New York um so yeah i was able and fortunate enough to kind of sit through zoom calls um every week and kind of get everyone's experience of how uh things are done from the ground up uh so from every everything from like the we call them little foxes so i was a, a little fox coach from the 5 year olds up to the 10 year olds and then you'd have to break it down up you know up to the first team like we had it and uh so it was pretty cool but how they do it in england uh was even more intriguing and it's it's very everything is very structured how it should be but i guess like how everything is handled at a professional level no matter what age group you're in everything is it's to a t and um kind of learning that side and and kind of knowing how coaches do things there just really intrigued me and and kind of taught me a lot of how i wanted to coach um but everybody has their different styles right so we kind of we learn from each other but um we everyone has our strengths and we work on our strengths while obviously working on our weakness but we kind of nitpick and and uh work from there but yeah it was just interesting to see I'm trying to think of like what else <laughs> what else i yeah. see but yeah so i are you trying to become a coach one day like of a senior team or do you think uh, you're trying to do other style other stuff yeah so i actually um i don't work there anymore but uh i kind of started my my own thing just training kids on the side and um shooting like freestyle videos just for fun during this like crazy pandemic um but 
you know, if, if the future brings me another, uh, you know, coaching position, I, I would definitely kind of, um, do things a lot differently than I, than I was before. So. Oh, that, great. I mean, Hey, you can be the Brendan Rogers of America and kind of, uh, <laughs> go from there, you know, yeah, <laughs> but I yeah. mean, it, it is very interesting to see like, uh, the way Christian Fuchs was involved, because like I followed you on Instagram, so all of those, like the way he came and how. So is his dream to like have that academy one day be a USL club, maybe, or is that? So um, yeah, I know that basically for his youth academy as a whole, he really wanted to not only just bring because this is his only one. So he has an academy out in England. He has an academy out in Austria. Um, so he's very, um, you know, entrepreneurial. Um, he has his own clothing line. He's um, big into the e-games. So he has sponsored FIFA players for PlayStation, Xbox from different countries. I mean, very, very, you know, invested in, in, dreams big so he really wanted to get something here in new york because he lives uh in the city and he has houses elsewhere um but he really wanted to bring that academy here to the states so uh there's an old prison um right in my uh backyard basically it's like 10 minutes away it's actually sits on close to like 300 acres i believe um, don't quote me on that, but it's it's massive land and there's, uh, you know, a broken down jail. So it was a boys reformatory school in the 30s. And then up into the 70s, it was a med, mid correctional facility. And we housed anywhere from like from 800 to I guess the most being like a thousand inmates. And um, yeah, so what they ended up happening was in 2011, Bloomberg um, consolidated and closed down mid correctional facilities, I guess, across the States and consolidated inmates for them to save money. So there was just property sitting on that land. No one didn't know what to really do with it. And there was a, a frozen ropes company that ended up buying that land and couldn't, I guess, you know, deal with the payments or I guess they ended up, you know, selling it. And, um, Christian Fuchs ended up getting it an auction and, and winning it out and just really had that vision for it and it's just doing really well so yeah, hopefully the next uh premier league champion from for england comes through from that academy that will yeah. be kind of quite the story you know yeah, especially yeah. for that place i mean yes. going from a because you kept saying we used to be a mid-career i was like oh damn like yeah. you're connected to that place like that well yeah yeah <laughs> It's a it's well, a little wild uh, to Braden, me. That, do you uh, have any other questions, sir? Uh, no, I, I was just gonna comment. Like, it's a little wild to me that Christian Fuke is uh, snatching up properties at a uh, NYC uh, foreclosure auctions here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what Premier League champions can do, you know. I know, right? <laughs> it's I just, it's, I just I mean, like so- that's not the first thing like. If I had a bunch of money, that's not the first thing I would think of. But that's that's actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, I would say this is what I was was heard. What I heard, I wouldn't I wouldn't quote me on it. But you know, this is a he. He saw the the property and you know kind of made that decision. So it's nice though. We have thirty six acres. Um, 
they have access to the lake and it's uh, i'll send you guys a video to uh so you guys can see it nice that will be very very good but um well i am gonna try to start wrapping this up so uh in terms of if you had if you said Bayern is gonna be your pick to be the champions league winner this year right yeah so who is gonna win actually as a player, what do you make of the Ballon d'Or? Because like I know you used to score a lot of goals and such, but like you also appreciate, like you pointed out goals, like you appreciate players who make the goals and dictate games. Yeah. So do you think it's kind of sad that the individual awards become all about goals at this point? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, you can look at, I think even Luca won it, uh, one yeah. year. Um, I think Lewandowski, I mean, I think won his first. But they changed the name because they couldn't give it because of COVID or something. Well, yeah. But sadly enough, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's you're seeing, I mean, A, it's really tough when you're competing against Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Um, <laughs> but in the same, se- in the same sense, um, yeah, it, it, I think a lot of those those players unfortunately are not going to get seen because a lot of people just look at the goals and um that's just how it is it's just the the nature of the game and um but yeah i think those players deserve more credit than they're you know not even given so so like who do you who first off like who did when you were growing up who were your role models who you wanted to play like and like now when you look at the younger kids like who do you like you can take your time. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ronaldinho was was number one on my list. <clears throat> I would say number two, uh, Henri, and um, whew, this is tough, really tough. Ooh, I would say probably R nine. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, definitely R nine. I mean. I mean, with him being as big and as skillful, and then I mean, he was just a powerhouse. And then obviously, there's no brainer you can score goals, but uh, you wouldn't see someone with his build move so quick and with the feet that he had, and it was kind of admiring to see. So, and then I mean, I'm biased because I'm a striker too, but <laughs> hey, that's who you model your game after, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the three now. Um, I'm a big Neymar fan. I would have to say uh, I love uh, Sancho's game. Jordan Sancho's game. Yeah. And the last one, I would have to say Messi because I just love Messi. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, this is, that's like old-ish, but I mean, the young, I mean, we can go with, uh, I like and he, in my eyes, he doesn't get enough credit. But I like watching Kimmich play. Oh, he he's brilliant, man. Yeah, I think I, I love watching. He doesn't get enough credit. So oh I was, yeah, I mean like I I was thinking about this in terms of, like Germany and Bayern Munich. Like they had Philipp Lahm, right? Like who went from being a right back to being a very good defensive mid towards the end of his career. We're like, oh, we won't see that again. Like you know, somebody just slotting it, in. and then you have like Kimmich coming, who was the right back after. Lam left, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I can play midfield too, and like quite possibly like 
they're very different players, so it's hard to compare to say like he's the best midfielder. But in his position and his game, I feel like he should be considered the best uh, midfielder just because of how uh, effective he is. Yeah. So having said having said that, uh, are there things that you'd like to plug in? The way people can find you, follow you, contact you, uh, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on my Instagram at a athletics, uh, a underscore athletics, and yeah, it's my soccer page. And give me a follow, give me a shout, I'll shout back. Hey, I, I will say this as so I remember the first time I met you was my drunk ass coming back from a party and you're like walking back and I was like, you know what, I need to talk to this guy because you had just scored like a wild goal in a scrimmage and I was just like, nah, man, I got to go tell him. So I'm glad that we stayed in touch and, yeah. you know, you have done such great things. So I'll definitely be posting for in the description for all the uh, details for to follow you. And if you want a youth soccer coach, he is probably the best that your kid could get out there in uh, New York. And if not, he will get you to the best coach that you can get to. So uh, thank you so much for giving us your time, sir. Oh, and uh, yeah, and thank you for sharing all the knowledge. Yes, no problem. Thank you so much.